0: This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I want to all the bicycle riders in. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider. Other bike and good morning, and ride. welcome to this week's everybody edition of Yarra Basswood Music Radio on Community Radio Three CR. As I'm madly, frantically mucking around with a few dials here. Sorry for a bit of a late start, and a bit of a bit more of an Arcade Fire. Uh, you're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio where our program about bicycles and related transport issues comes to you from Melbourne, Australia from the studios of 3CR and I'd like to say thank you to Democracy Now for the last hour of current affairs and my name's Chris and um, on today's show... I'm going to be talking to Robert from Bike Bendigo about upcoming cycling innovation showcase and a whole bunch of things I've got happening up there from the 24th to the 26th, including Open Streets Bendigo, Bendigo International Bike Film Festival, um, a new cycle port um, initiative, and a lot more. And another interview that I've got is a recap about the Warmler Plaza issue in, in Abbotsford, and I'll be talking to Sue Donovan from the Warmler. Street Action Group about um, what's actually happening there because we have a looming deadline, we have a lot of things happening which doesn't seem quite right and um, in the wake of last week's large meeting uh, on Thursday night to do with a new Yarra Residents Coalition to do with planning issues and you're probably thinking, what's planning issues got to do with yeah cycling actually quite a bit? Uh, it's got to do with how many cars we can cram into the inner suburbs. It's got to do with um, how we put up with or contend with limited space options. It's got to do with people putting signage into bike lanes because, um, for, for works because they think it's expedient to do so. There's a whole raft of issues there. And again, what are the state government doing on planning issues in the wake of the Corkman was It uh, Irish pub Issue of the last month or so—it's—it's it's a massive issue, and it's something that's got people all around Melbourne pretty incensed. Of okay, you're not anti-development; you're anti-bad development. And um, actually, kind of, if we're going to have more and more people living in, in and around our inner suburbs and further out where these uh, developments are happening, we've got to have a little bit of future-proofing and uh, looking towards. What impact they actually have upon their existing area and facilities. Anyway, I'm going to take a break and I'll be back with an interview that I did with uh, Robert from Bike Bendigo.
1: Strawberries, cherries,
0: and an angel's kiss in spring. My summer wine is really made from all. We are so
2: lucky at 3CR. Artisan winemaker extraordinaire, Luke Lambert, has given us some wine to share with you. It's $15, folks. That's a major bargain. There's Shiraz, Chardonnay and Rosé, and you can drink it all summer long and toast 3CR. Call us on
0: 9419
2: 8377 or you can go to the 3CR website and look for the 3CR shop. Cool, that sounds easy. So are we posting it out? No, you've got to come into the station? Just make sure you come in before the 23rd of December. Awesome. It's gonna be perfect for those hot summer days. Strawberries,
0: cherries and an angel's kissing spree.
2: Luke Lambert is a 3CR supporter.
0: Robert from Bike Bendigo, Um, what have you been up to? We spoke to, um, was it Steve last time? A
1: little while ago, Steve, and I I guess that was when we were just starting out. A lot's happened since then. We've started community rides, we've had all sorts of programs happening along the way, but yeah, we've got a big week or two coming up.
0: And that's at the end of November, but you've been up to some other stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, we've been quite heavily involved with the Innovation Showcase that's coming to Bendigo next week, so that'll be Thursday through to Saturday we've got a a big international bike film festival that we're running um, as part of the showcase and then on Friday we'll have all sorts of innovators from across the cycling spectrum up in Bendigo to to show the work that they've been doing.
0: Excellent, so if people want to find out more about that, that's at cyclinginnovation.com.au so you've done, you know, you've done a fair bit up there. So we've got to talk about the Cycling Showcase. That's from the 24th to the 26th of November.
1: Yeah, so on the, um, the Thursday, Bike Bendigo, we're running the international film festival called Film by Bike, and it's curated by some people over in Portland, Oregon, and they pull together fantastic cycling-themed short films uh, around the globe, and they package it up, and we're bringing that festival to Australia for the first time. So that's really exciting.
0: Ooh, you got any idea what sort of content will be in that, sort of short films and stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah. there's some fantastic short films in there. There's everything from there's a, a short animated film from uh, Italy through to a story about an older man who who just loves restoring vintage bicycles. And then there's a, another story about uh, a couple of women that, that go around uh, on their, their BMX doing stunts and that sort of thing. So there's something for everyone in the mix for that. And the other thing, thirty dollar a ticket and you get a bike Bendigo T-shirt on the night too and a, a nice dinner.
0: Ooh, so what? Uh, so you've got a lot of dinner and venue thing set up. What, where, where's the venue? Uh,
1: it's at the old church on the hill in Bendigo. So it's an old church that's been sort of repurposed for a lot of community activity. It's a great hub for Bendigo and got great features so we can put film nights on and that sort of thing.
0: Also, you've got on the Friday, you've got this open streets event. Um, no, on the no, on the Saturday.
1: Yep, yep. So on the Saturday, um, we're working with the City of Greater Bendigo to uh, link up all the shared paths. So where there's some spots that people might have a bit of difficulty crossing as families or um, new riders, some of the busy streets there will have traffic management and that sort of thing to help people get across the roads. And then in the middle of town, along Hargrove Street, there'll be some trialing of um, some other. Kind of separated infrastructure to give people a sense of um, what the future bike network might look like for Bendigo.
0: Yeah. So you're you're working in with the, the local council, state government, many um, other government agencies, or
1: yeah. There's a, a range of organisations that we're partnering with. The city has been fantastic. We've also got the Bendigo Business Council is sponsoring part of the event with the Innovators Meet Investors component of the, the day but also uh, on the Saturday if you get out in Bendigo there's a number of participating shops that are offering you get an entry into a prize draw and there's about $3,000 worth of prizes so
0: Ooh, that's nice no swag
1: yeah anything in shop and um, you get a little ticket and bring that down to the open streets hub and you'll get a an entry into the prize draw
0: so there'd be like a map and um, something online for this so people know what shops and where to, you know, because, so, you know, Bendigo is not a huge CBD, but something that's where it's easy set out so people can see what's going on and yeah. the open hub and that?
1: Yep. Um, keep an eye on uh, the Bike Bendigo Facebook page. Yep. Facebook.com forward slash Bike Bendigo or the, uh, the website cyclinginnovation.com.au. And if you're local, there's a, um, a map that's been in the uh, the weekly newspaper and Bendigo Advertiser.
0: Well, it's proof not everything happens in Melbourne, in Victoria, so neither should it, because Bendigo's been kind of on that kind of innovation map for a while in terms of, I can remember going back several years ago with traffic treatments and the like.
1: Yeah, um, we like to think that that we can be or are the uh, regional cycling capital of Australia and um, so, yeah, we're going to keep pushing for that innovation to continue.
0: Good, so you get a bit of a healthy, competitive sort of thing happening with what's happening out with the northeast because, you know, they've got their big rail trail and stuff out towards Brighton and Myrtleford and all that and um, you further out towards the west are go, no, we are. So, yeah, you know, keep fighting them nicely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love the idea that um, people are getting on bikes anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, are you still looking for innovators or people to show their work out there at um, Socking Innovation?
1: I think there, there might be some room on the Saturday. The town hall's starting to get a bit full up on the Friday. So just get in touch and have a chat and yeah, I think we can see what we can work out.
0: Yeah, so if you're hearing this on Monday morning. I believe that's the 21st. Coming into the weekend of the 24th, 26th, get your skates on. And um, if you are interested...
1: Unemployed? Underemployed? Receiving Social Security? Getting bullied, penalised or harassed by your job agent or Centrelink? The Australian Unemployed Workers' Union is for you. You have rights. Find out more or get involved by going to our website on unemployedworkersunion.com or by calling our National Advocacy Hotline on 03 03-839452-66. It's time to fight back.
0: A 3CR supporter. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, 855 AM and digital. And I'm going to go into the second part of the interview I did with Robert from Bike Bendigo about their upcoming Cycling Innovation Showcase and a whole bunch of events that are happening in Bendigo this weekend. The legacy of an event like this will be for Bendigo and also for Bike Bendigo.
1: Yeah, well, we've just had news today that the city's launched its Cycleport bike station, so that's one innovative thing that's already come out of the, the showcase, so people will be able to have a look at that. Um, it's like a what we call a universal bike share system. Yeah. Down in Melbourne, you have the blue bikes. Yep, yep. Um, and up here, this is a, a small trial start on that, but um, it's a like a share system where you put any bike into it so okay we kind of um describe it as being like the airbnb of bike in theory um if, if it expands across bendigo you could put your own bike in there um set the price and people could rent it during the day kind of thing so that's that's one of the innovations we've got a bike light that's been developed in adelaide that's pretty cool it kind of projects light outward and shows where you are on the road so in terms of of all this innovation there's a whole range of things from that technology side to how we um, shape our physical environments and that sort of thing so I guess we're keen just to show what's going on place Bendigo right at the that front edge of that innovation curve and just get that momentum going to see a lot of this stuff happen.
0: That's great because again um, with I think there was something this week or last week there was a push on to kind of get more people um, you know, moving to regional Victoria, more development. And again the infrastructure's got to be there and the need for people wanting to live in regional Victoria's got to be there and you know, cycling and riding for transport is very much part of that.
1: Yeah, we've got some really good cycling off-road networks already in Bendigo and part of Saturday we'll be linking those up so people can see what it'll be like if we can improve some of that infrastructure. We probably have a little bit of a gap on that on-road kind of separation area and so yeah regional cities are extremely livable, particularly in Victoria and I can understand why people were drawn to them having moved here myself in the last 10 years so there's, there's a lot happening.
0: Right. Well, look forward to getting a lot of people going along to that cycling uh, showcase that you got on. So again, that's, uh cycling showcase, twenty fourth to twenty sixth of November. Cycling innovation, all one word. dot com. dot And what look at Bike Bendigo Facebook page. Probably, we give the local council a call. They probably probably could help out with people just generally interested.
1: Yeah, they they'll be able to put people through to the the right person. And the the number for the the city is five four three four.
0: Thank you so much, Robert. It's been great speaking to you today.
1: No worries. Thank you.
0: You're listening to 3CR Radio. Indeed you are listening to 3CR Community Radio. And this is Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio, a program about uh, bicycles and related transport issues. And uh, next interview i got is a recap on an issue that we've been following in the last um, year or so. Walmer Plaza, that's um, a redevelopment in Abbotsford near up the top end of uh, Burnley Street and Victoria and uh, there's an interview with Sue Donovan from the Wormler Street Action Group about uh, a looming deadline for action and Yarra City Council's meeting this Tuesday, the 21st to vote on this contentious planning issue that will have massive implications for about open space, walking and cycling accessibility in the Kew Abbotsford area. And I'll just go into that interview now. Today on Yarra Biosque, we use User Group Radio, on Community Radio 3CR, I'm doing a catch-up with Sue Dalton from the Wormla Street Action Group, and we spoke recently about um, the Wormla Plaza issue, which has implications for the main Yarra Trail down there in Abbotsford, Kew, and the um, shared path. Sue? Well,
2: I can report good news and bad news, so let's go with the good news first. Okay. The good news is that Burundara Council have really been proactive on this, They got together a working group which met on the 9th of November. The working group consisted of residents from Boroondara and from Abbotsford and, importantly, from the Boroondara Bicycle Group, commonly known as BUG, and they had several representatives on the working group. So they had. I wasn't there because I was at the. Um, I was at the Richmond Council at the inauguration of the new council, but um, it was a very productive meeting, and a result of which, the group has come up with an option C.
0: Okay, because um, a couple of weeks ago, when we had the uh, town hall meeting at Richmond Town Hall, I was sitting on the table with Glenys and uh, a couple of members of burundarabug Bug. They were all
2: on the working committee.
0: Excellent. So. Um, what have they come up with, option C? Well, um, I
2: think it's reasonably confidential at the moment. Okay, okay, okay. It was for it to be... They had they needed 10 days to do drawings. They had their head of planning there. They had their traffic management people there. They had all the really senior officers from Burundara there as well as representatives from the community, just what you would want. And they came up with a plan that seems reasonably acceptable to everybody. And they had needed 10 days to get it to the minister, and I believe today was the 10th day. So that's the good news.
0: Okay, so we have the bad news. Well, <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to build you up here. now. just, okay.
2: <laughs> I rang the minister's um, department this morning to see, uh, have they received the Burundara proposal? No, nope, never heard of it. So there seems to be the usual lack of communication between each part of the puzzle and of course time is running out because it's believed that Yarra Council will be expected to vote on Tuesday night right. second and absolutely urge all of your users of the Yarra Trail to attend that council meeting. It's at seven o'clock on Tuesday the 22nd of November next Tuesday and according to the department, all that will be considered will be option A and B, both of which were considered to be totally unacceptable.
0: So this option C, the minister in question here is this uh, has to be Richard Wynne. So his staff, according to your correspondence, don't know anything about this.
2: Say not. In my conversations with them this morning, I'm constantly checking. Yeah. Their hearts sink when they hear my voice on the phone.
0: Well, it's democracy. <laughs>
2: It's what is it? The squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's it. And this morning, the planner, the, um, the officer in charge of the Salter development, told me that they, they had been told nothing about the Burundara option and that they were expecting Yarra Council to vote on A or B on Tuesday night which, as I say, is so important to get a very big turn-up at that council meeting.
0: So, to backtrack, you said there was a meeting between Burundara Council, Burundara Bug, and who else was the parties in that room? Various, um,
2: several, several senior uh, people from the Burundara Council's offices, And also several representatives from both Burundara, particularly people living in the area, and also from Abbotsford. So it was a very comprehensive working group representing, I believe, all people's interests.
0: So was there a motion taken or someone was going to communicate directly?
2: I think it was more a matter of a practical um, response with the council officers taking responsibility for getting the drawings done based on what people had agreed with and getting it sent in to the minister within a 10-day period, which I believe uh, certainly people on the on the working group uh, gave their approval for the plans by when, last Wednesday morning.
0: Right, so this has all got to be set in train for Tuesday night, which is tomorrow night,
2: next Tuesday. Yeah. So we're getting, it's very hard to get any sense out of anybody apart from Burundara Council, Lee, and that's why I've been trying to keep up to date with it all. And the moment I, you know, I'm really keeping close tabs on it because we're really worried. Yeah. That, um, time will pass and somehow um, the developer will be granted a permit without any uh, modification to plans that were clearly unacceptable to the community. And the other thing is, I think I mentioned to you last time we spoke, the consultant who coordinated that community consultation that you attended has not yet got her report in to the Minister.
0: Hi, this is Mitchell from Kakopi, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio. Subscribe now. And as you say, the time is ticking for uh, Yarra Council to, to vote upon.
2: Five five weeks have passed.
0: Five weeks. Since that
2: meeting yep. with no report having been received or certainly no report that people will admit to having received.
0: I have to wonder about what, what kind of like um, time things that people work to in offices these days. I know. It, 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 it just is extraordinary. I feel like getting someone from... Like he's got scrum experience to get him in there and... um. Sorry, this is going off track from cycling, but my God, terrible, you know, a lot of problem solving. This is not it. To laugh or cry, really. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to council elections. We've had um, some very interesting stuff happen in Yarra. We had some very interesting stuff happen in Derebin. And this has led to a, a resurgence in the Yarra area of people calling on the council and the minister, Richard Wynne, and the state government to really start pulling some of these developers into line. Absolutely. And um, on Thursday night, there was a very big meeting at uh, the reading room in uh, Fitzroy Town Hall. Yes, yes. Sue? Outstanding room only. Yep.
2: Um, A huge amount of work had gone on prior to the meeting with a group, um, really a sort of coalition of Yarra residents of Fitzroy, Collingwood... Richmond, all of the areas, Alpington, all the people who are really being affected by this appalling overdevelopment. Uh, Guest speaker was Professor Michael Buxton from RMIT, who's really Australia's leading expert on town planning matters. And Rod Quantock was there as well and did a terrific job um, coordinating the questions. So it was a very well-attended meeting, very well-organised. And several of the Yarra councillors attended as well.
0: Because there's another group that's been set up for North Fitzroy about the huge development that's apparently going to be on the bottom end of Queen's Parade. And people may be listening and going, but this is planning issues. What's this got to do with cycling? Actually, a fair bit. I
2: believe it's got Mm. a lot to do with cycling. I was thinking about this this morning because one of the major issues at last night's meeting was heritage protection. Mm. Heritage isn't just man-made heritage buildings. It's also the natural environment including bike paths. So heritage can be taken in a pretty wide sense of protecting the amenity for all of the users, whether they live in the area or whether they're using it for recreation or for commuting.
0: Yeah, and this is the point um, that seems to get missed with developers is that, yeah, it's more or less get a site, overbuild, and basically not really think of the implications on the rest of the area. And people may say, oh, that's NIMBYism, that's inner city sort of stuff. But the thing is, you've got to realise that you know some of these developments, you're putting a couple of hundred people into an area where there may not be the facilities to properly deal with that. It's...
2: Terrific lack of open space. Yep. What's happened in the deregulation of the planning laws totally favoured developers. It's switched away completely from community benefit to the benefit of developers and Professor Buxton told us last night that international investors are not only um, submit, submitting enormous numbers of applications for 10 storey buildings in the area, several every week, but they're also land banking. Yes. So this has enormous implication for the future of Yarra and of course the other suburbs.
0: And there's also like when these things are being built, the amazing amount of um, impulse they put upon people. like. Every week, I reckon, from the bugs' perspective, we get an inquiry or someone asks us about there's something blocking a road or a bike lane, and because you're seen as like you know, bicycle lanes are seen as serving congestion only, it's carte blanche to go and put you know, work signage.
2: Exactly, there seems to be there seems to be no obligation on developers at all to consider the convenience of cyclists
0: and safety thereof. Yeah, and it's just this overlook of, like, we're just here to, like, 18 months, make our money, get our investment back, sell off the plan and get out. Yeah. And during that time, things may happen. And I can think of one case in particular, if you're aware of the Safety Beach area down on the bay. I do know it. Massive, massive development down there. Um, A rider was killed several years ago by a truck working on that. And these, these are the things that has implications. OK, that's one that's a, a rather large implication, but you get other stuff like your quality of life and the rest of it, it's just severely impinged upon or uh, safety issues aren't taken seriously. We can just put that uh, sign yep. wherever the hell we like. And yep. who cares if you're on a bike?
2: Absolutely. Mm. It's very much everything's tilted to the profits of development. developers, therefore higher and higher buildings and less and less open space. Yep. Um, the, the requirements on developers are so small now And, of course, there are lots of loopholes in the planning legislation. So, in the end, what we need is the um, councils, including Yarra, to put pressure on the state government because there certainly needs to be some changes to the planning legislation. Uh Mm Tune in, dig deep and clean up by purchasing some fantastic discounted gardening books from 3CR's online garden store. We have books on waterwise gardening, organic vegetables, roses, climbers and creepers and even clematis. It's easy. Just go to our website, 3cr.org.au and follow the links on the front page. Don't have internet access? Call the station during business hours between nine and five and we'll post out a catalogue in the mail. All proceeds help keep Melbourne's favourite gardening show on air for another year. Tune in 7.30am every Sunday morning.
0: I mean, we get the occasional good news story, like uh, the Nightingale developers, and I think there's another one that's happening in Brunswick, where they're working towards, you know, like minimum impact and sustainable transport options. It doesn't have to be this open slather. If they do it right, it can be there for 50, 60 years, and it, it's a you know it's great for the area if, if medium-density infill development's done properly. Exactly. But yeah, at the moment, it's just done
2: pretty shoddy. Yeah, I mean, if you take some of the developments along the Yarra um, near, in Abbotsford, Close to queue. I mean, the developments there have provided fabulous cafes and access to the river, and every time you go there, there are dozens of cyclists and a lovely outlook. So, development's not all bad mm. at all. It's just that the, it's become too unbalanced.
0: Yeah, and again, I think the lightning rod in Melbourne for the last, couple, oh, last month or so has been what happened to the Corkman pub and it's just insane what that was it was they knew exactly what they're doing they were going to you know wear the, wear the fine because it was, it was worth it for the for the outcome I think um,
2: the Corman destruction really was a tipping point yeah in the community and last night represented that I think you know a huge turnout of people there were enormous meetings earlier in the week the North Fitzroy one with Queen's parade another one the St Crispin's building I think we're going to see. And that's been reflected, I guess, in the council results. People are really tired of um, councillors who take a very laissez-faire approach to what the developers are doing.
0: Yes, and and again, um, the built environment has massive implications for walking and cycling.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, And the other thing is nobody's prepared to take responsibility. I mean, if you take the Warmer Street footbridge, it's clearly not fit for purpose. No. Uh, it does need to be replaced, but nobody's prepared to put their hand up and say, okay, let's work together and get something done. However, I know that the Burundara Working Party have come up with some pretty good suggestions for at least uh, lessening the danger in the
0: area. So what can the listener do if at the moment, um, what their input would be to attend the Yarra Council meeting on Tuesday night?
2: Yes, I think that I think what's very important at the moment is to have big numbers at meetings and be sitting there. When the councillors come to vote, there's no doubt about it, a big crowd uh, has a very um, strong influence in the way people vote.
0: So, um, the Yarra Council, I believe, has uh, the agenda and uh, minutes up on their website. You can also call, find out where they are if you want to have a look at the agenda items for the Tuesday.
2: Absolutely. And what I'd suggest, Chris, is it's very easy to go to the Yarra Council website and get the contact details, both email and phone numbers for every councillor. And we're suggesting that people contact each councillor to put their views very strongly of the importance of the warmer street precinct for safety for, for safety reasons of no other.
0: And we have a very different council makeup in Yarra now, which is uh, no doubt very interesting because, uh, like I say, from the bugs' perspective, it's been like smacking your head against a very recalcitrant wall for since two thousand and twelve.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing about new council, uh, the council is a, a lot of them are very young. You know, probably median age, about 35, which of course reflects the demographic of Yarra. It's a very young population. So surely these are the bike-owning kind of people who will absolutely get what we're all on about.
0: Yeah, well it's just not just bike owning. It's people who understand that they live in a shared environment, and um, it's one of the things about living in the big city is that we've got to learn to negotiate and share and understand that things are, do you have do have duo use and the rest of it.
2: Absolutely, and there are plenty of good models for it around the place. I mean, we're not talking about rocket science
0: here. No, it's been great talking to you today, Sue. And uh, if there was any updates to what you've spoken about, I should have those during the show. <laughs> And that's all I've got time for on this week on Yarra We User Group Radio. So please get along to that Yarra Council meeting tomorrow night at Richmond Town Hall, 7pm. And um, developments on that Walmart Street thing, watch this space <laughs> in the next couple of days. There's some interesting developments and uh, uh, good Lord. Anyway... Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe or donate to Yarra Boswell User Group Radio to keep 3CR on air. And up next, looking out there, I think we've got Dirt Radio. So I'll be back in about a fortnight. And if you're probably listening today, yes, I have been playing a lot of uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings because in respect of um, Sharon's passing. Anyway, I'll be back on air soon.
1: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to www.3cr.org.au.